0: Tuesday, May 2nd, 2017 here on the Patriots V Podcast. On this episode, we break down the entire NFL draft or at least the Patriots side of things. We're also very happy to welcome in Ethan Hammerman to help us break down this wonderful Patriots draft class. All that and more on this episode of the Patriots V Podcast. Take it away, Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Page of the Podcast. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans, and you can go find us on Twitter at CLNS Radio. You can go find me at CLNS underscore Sportsstein. What an awesome NFL draft we had! Incredible, incredible atmosphere given to us by Philadelphia. Easily one of the, the coolest NFL draft locations that they've had ever, obviously, since they... I think they only started changing up a couple years ago. But the most uh, highest attendance at an NFL draft ever, obviously, since it was outside. It was much easy, easier to do that. Beautiful setting and a great draft to... Uh, to go along with it. So obviously, like I said, we'll break down the uh, Patriots draft picks, all four, uh, and then we'll talk about whether or not we can actually consider the people they traded for draft picks and why it's super weird that the Patriots' Instagram account tweeted that out. But um, first things first, let's just kind of go through the draft as a whole. Why did the Bears draft Mitch Trubisky? Why did they do that? I don't I don't get it and now and now Mike Glennon is really, really angry. why would you why would you do that when you just gave him like eighteen million dollars guaranteed or something? it just i I, I, I do not understand. Why they did that, what the rules were behind that. I disagree. I think it was dumb. I think it pissed off way too many people for it to actually be a good move. If he ends up being the best quarterback in the NFL, fine. If he ends up being a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, fine. I'd highly, I I, I don't think he's going to end up being that good. But that's just me. But anyway, we talked about the first round of the draft last show. Let's talk about the real draft, the one that we all care about, and that is the New England Patriots draft. So let's let's go down round 1 to round 6. Who exactly their picks were. I will include the the players they acquired for said pick as we go. So without further ado, in round 1 at pick 32 traded to the New Orleans Saints for wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Round two, they drafted or traded for the DN Coney Ealy from the Carolina Panthers. Round three, their first actual draft pick, they took Derek Rivers, the DN out of Youngstown State. Also in round three, they took an offensive tackle out of Troy named Antonio Garcia. Then uh, in round four, they took Dwayne Allen after they uh, traded their fourth round pick to the Colts. Also in round four, they drafted Dietrich Wise Jr., uh, D-end out of Arkansas. Round 5, they gave their 5th round pick to the Bills because they signed Mike Gillisley as a restricted free agent. Also in round 5, they traded for tight end James O'Shaughnessy, who they acquired from the Chiefs. And then in round 6, they drafted Connor McDermott, an offensive lineman, out of UCLA Go-Ukla. So, first things first, congratulations to the New England Patriots because... They had two, three holes, excuse me, that they needed to fill going into this draft. They needed a new. Pa- they needed another pass rusher. I've been banging the drum for a new pass rusher the entire offseason. They needed a D-end opposite Trey Flowers. Nikovich isn't going to cut anymore, and they, f- they got their guy, Derek Rivers. What Ethan uh, Hammerman, who will be on later calls, who should have 100% been a, f- a first-round pick, but I find it hard to believe that anyone from Youngstown State, was ever going to be a first round pitch, uh, first round pick, excuse me. But I don't mind. I think Derek Rivers should have at least been in early two. I think they got a real steal uh, in the middle of the third round with Derek Rivers. I think he's going to be a very talented player. Youngstown State, they had him in for a private workout. They had him in for, uh, for a visit. They did the whole big-a-ma-bob with him. We'll have Ethan on later to give you more of his, uh, more of his. What's the word I'm looking for? His, uh, uh, what's the his, his tools. And his abilities, his athleticism, and his measurables, and all that jazz. We'll have uh, Ethan go through all that stuff for you. And uh, then we have Antonio Garcia, the offensive tackle out of Troy. This guy I love. I don't care if he went to Troy. He has not statistically given up a sack since his second game of his junior season. He went his entire senior season of collegiate football. I don't care what conference he's in. Uh, He went his entire collegiate season without giving up a sack. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Antonio Garcia, your eventual replacement for Nate Solder. I think Solder is unfortunately on the way out. I think uh, Antonio Garcia is the guy they chose to replace him. He has all the intangibles you want out of left tackle. Uh, I believe they they drafted Nate Solder the year after Matt Light retires. I think with Antonio Garcia, they're trying to be a little bit more uh upfront about what they want out of that position. I think Nate Solder, he's very good, but I think they want to go in another direction. I don't think they're gonna to want to pay him the amount of money he's gonna want. Uh then Dietrich Wise. I like Dietrich Wise. I think he's a pretty decent pick. Uh I just the one problem I have um I don't think he's a very good pass rusher. I think he'll be a very good run stopper on the end. I think he can send an edge. I think he's athletic. I think he's strong, but I don't think he's I don't think he has enough moves on the outside to be a good, consistent pass rusher. Now, I could be totally wrong, and he could adjust over time. Of course, he's going to develop, but I think coming in, he's not going to be a big factor in the uh, the pass games in the, in the pass rush game. So we'll see what happens with Dietrich Wise. Uh, obviously, uh, a good Trey Flowers. Yeah, obviously a good buddy of Trey Flowers. They both went to Arkansas together, so. Maybe maybe, maybe there's a little connection there. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see indeed. And then they took Connor McDermott, who a lot of people had mocked as like a first round pick last year. He drops all the way to the sixth. Uh, I, you know, I think he'll end up being a swing tackle. I don't know if his chances of making the team are that high. He's not what I'd call a great college prospect. But, you know, he could be okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Connor McDermott. But overall, two DNs. Two offensive linemen, they trade for a wide receiver, they trade for another DN, they trade for uh, two tight ends, and they get a running back, James O'Shaughnessy, a guy they got in the fifth round from the Chiefs for a fifth round pick when they trade, um, what a very good special teams player, uh, Ethan compares him a little bit more to Dwayne Allen, I think they might should have maybe just taken Jake Butt, but they, uh, um, Ethan makes a good point later that... They do have Matt Langell waiting in the wings, who apparently they like a pretty good amount. So we should maybe see Matt Langell have an increased role next year. Obviously, he had that very cool, uh, cool uh, touchdown. Uh, and it was either the playoffs or late in the year. It was just very I remember Matt Langell scoring a touchdown, and uh, all of Twitter freaked out about that, which was awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to break down some of the undrafted free agents as well as going over a little bit more. Um, excuse me, we're going to go a little bit more over this current draft class, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. It's a new year, which means a fresh start for your business. And a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you just need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017. Post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over one million businesses. And right now, my listeners can post job on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com/sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com/sportsfan. So one more time. Try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash S P O R T S F A N. Alright, team. Welcome back. So before we bring in Ethan or Hammond, we have him on for a, a good amount of time. I think he's on for about like 20 minutes or so. You uh, know, we, we just ended up having a really nice conversation. Um we're gonna talk about the undrafted free agents. I'll just give you a uh, my top two guys that they, or top three guys, I should say. So uh, I love the fact that they brought in the, the two fraternal twins, the two holiday guys. Uh, obviously, they went to, uh, to two different schools, but I, I, I just love that. How often do you get fraternal twins in, in, in a one sport, especially on the same team, the same year? I know that there's twins. Uh, they were both to UCF. I believe Shaquille Griffin, who got drafted by the Seahawks this year was one of them, but obviously now, um, obviously, one of the brothers stayed in college, but I, I, I love the Holiday Brothers coming to uh, coming to the Pats, I think that's really, really cool, uh, and then, the other guy I wanted to talk about, Austin Carr, Austin Carr is a really interesting prospect, so Austin Carr was the Big Ten wide receiver of the year, he's a, specifically a slot guy, um... But guy catches a ton of passes. Uh, he can, he just, he does everything from a slot receiver position. He, he's small. He's quick. He's uh, agile. He, you know, I don't want to use the the typical white wide receiver crappy comparisons, but like he really does fit the all pretty well. He's a very good wide receiver. Has really, really good hands. So I think Austin Carr is a guy who is really going to um, going to make an impact on this team. I, I think he might make it, if not the practice squad. And then DJ Killings is another guy who they actually have given the most money to out of this undrafted free agent class. So DJ Killings at corner uh, is another guy that you should definitely keep your eye out on simply because if they're paying him that much money and he's an undrafted free agent, usually that means they have a, they want him to have a good chance of actually making the roster. So we will um, we will keep track of that, obviously, as the offseason goes. So anyway, moving on to uh, to a couple of the guys that I wanted to talk about. So I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about uh, what Derek Rivers and what uh, Wise are going to bring to the table. So to my forever sadness, they didn't uh, draft a linebacker. They did sign Harvey Lange, who we've talked about multiple times on the show. I think Harvey Lange also has a really good chance of making the roster if there is a spot. Open for him, but I think that the picks of Derek Rivers and Dietrich Wise, along with Coney Ealy, signals the end of one of the great Patriots over the past, I want to say eight years, Rob Ninkovich, I believe his time with the Patriots is over. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he actually ends up making the team next year. I think they just have too much youth. They have too much length. They have too much athleticism at that position to warrant him. If he does make the team, it might be. Might be as like their fourth or fifth rotational DN. But I think you could do a lot better stuff with that roster spot. I really don't know. If he makes the team with all the linebackers that they currently have on the team, with a bunch of undrafted free agents, and with the three defensive ends they pick up in the draft, clearly they targeted a position in need. And I think that means that Rob Ninkovich's tenure with the Patriots is over. It's a little bit of a shame because obviously Rob Ninkovich has been one of the the best Patriots over the past couple of years. So many clutch sacks, so many big-time plays for him. But unfortunately... I believe that his time with the New England Patriots is going to be up. So that will be my prediction. Obviously, I'll keep going throughout the uh, next couple of uh, months with that prediction. I'll keep it on. So a couple of show, uh, couple show notes for you um, for you guys. So I'm not going to be here the week of May 9th. I believe Michael Longy will be taking over the show. Uh, And then I will be gone from May 20th to May 30th. So again, I believe Michael Longy will be doing the show. I'll be doing the show this Friday and then the show the week after. Excuse me. The week after uh, I eventually graduate from college, which is crazy for me to say, but yeah. Without further ado, let's bring in Ethan Hammerman, just because we had him on for so long, and I think he he'll he'll bring a lot more information to the table. Uh, I think you guys are looking so star- looking for. Excuse me. So without further ado, let's welcome in Ethan Hammerman, a writer for Pat's Pulpit and one of my favorite personal Twitter follows. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high quality ingredients make a real difference. So it's important to know. Where your food comes from. I know that me personally, when I was living in a college dorm, I used Blue Apron in order to get my fresh ingredients so that me and my roommate Jack could cook up some nice meals, maybe some fresh steaks, maybe some good chili, some quality stuff. And it's also a very fun holiday gift, so maybe for a nice Valentine's Day gift or a nice birthday gift coming up. I would give it to, I wouldn't give it to a girlfriend, obviously Blue Apron would be a little rough, but give it to a family member. Maybe they can get some high quality ingredients in their life. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries. And ranchers, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron a better way to cook. Welcome back into Patriot's Beat. It is now time for our featured guest segment this week. We are very happy to welcome in Ethan Hammerman. Uh, Hammertime, my guy, is a writer for Pat's Pulpit. Has done a couple podcast things here and there, but definitely one of the better Patriots and overall NFL follows you can find on Twitter. Ethan, thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, Ethan,
0: we had what I thought was one of the most fun NFL drafts in years. Philadelphia was awesome. The first round was madness. The Patriots didn't have a pick till the third round. It was nuts. Give me your overall thoughts on uh, what you thought of this year's draft.
1: I think the story of the draft is how teams valued offensive playmakers. You see uh, teams trading up for Pat Mahomes, for Deshaun Watson, for Mitch Trubisky, three receivers going in the top ten. That was very surprising to me, and it, it really does seem that teams are realizing that they need to have big play guys on offense or they're not going to be able to survive. It's not going to be sustainable for them to just try to grind out games. I I do think that maybe it was interesting for me to see the Jaguars kind of buck that trend, uh, getting a Leonard Fournette. I think they want to play a little bit more conservatively, a little bit more Mm power-oriented, and I think it'll be fascinating to see how the trends in the league sort of go because we definitely are seeing more of a spread-out trend. But it also wouldn't surprise me if some teams find a marketing efficiency, find some running backs and powerful line and just run all over those guys. So interesting things for sure.
0: You know, you you mentioned all the the skill guys in the first round. The one that obviously opened my eyes, you know, besides Mitch Trubinsky, and we won't get into that because the the Bears are a mess. But that Corey Davis pick at five and then John Ross at nine, it kind of made you sit back and appreciate the fact that, you know, I uh, mentioned this before that, The Patriots' first-round pick was basically Brandon Cooks. And if you look at the guys who went in the first round this year as offensive weapons, Brandon Cooks would probably be, I don't know, the best or second-best wide receiver in this draft if he came out this year. So getting him at 32, obviously in theory,
1: ended up being a pretty good move. I 100% agree. And, I mean, I like Corey Davis. A lot of people have been criticizing that pick. I actually don't have too much of an issue with it. They did try to trade and they couldn't. So they may as well take the guy they were going to take anyway, if they had traded down. But I totally agree with you that Brandon cooks is better than I would say any of the offensive weapons that were taken in the first round. I feel pretty safe saying that. And, you know, you, you look at the right, we'll, we'll start with the, uh, the patch trades that
0: they've made for the first round. First of all, let me just go on record by saying I think it's super weird that the Patriots Instagram account uh, posted that picture of like all the trades and basically considered all of their trades draft picks. I thought that was kind of strange, but they ended up getting really good value for, for those guys. Cooks in round one, Coney Ealy in two is my only iffy one, Dwayne Allen as a fourth rounder, Gillis Lee is a five, and then Shaughnessy again, who they traded during the draft, but that Coney Ealy deal, the more and more we go through this offseason, it continues to not sit right with me because that second-round pick would have been would have been a great
1: spot. This draft was so deep. It was really deep, but I think also they got a first-round talent at their first third-round pick mm-hmm. and a high second-round talent with their second one. So I think the fact that it was deep made them feel like they could take a risk on Coney Ealy by just dropping down a couple of spots, and they ended up parlaying that. Other third-round pick into more picks, so I actually I'm not a huge Cody Ealy fan at all, but I really don't have an issue with uh, taking a slight discount in terms of draft placement mm-hmm. in a really deep draft, as you said, to take a bite at that apple. Yeah, I was just waiting. Like,
0: uh, last year, you were just kind of waiting for Cody Ealy because obviously he had that huge Super Bowl. You are just kind of waiting for him to do something, and he never
1: really did anything. I mean, I have thoughts on Coney Ailey. I think that he was overhyped coming Mm -hmm. out of Missouri. I don't think – he might not have been the third best defensive end on the team when he was at Missouri, Um, but he does have some Super Bowl experience. He fits what the Patriots want to do. I think that he's someone who can stunt really well. He's good against the run, and he's worth a shot, especially because they only dropped down like eight picks in the draft in order to take a shot at him. So I I think that I still – stand by that deal even if I'm not the biggest Coney Ealy fan
0: well it, it is also interesting that with that pick that they took they took Derek Rivers a guy that you know they, they've been connected to Derek Rivers this entire offseason I'm pretty sure he they came in for an official visit and then a private workout and they, they've had their eyes on him for a while and if you look at Coney Ealy and Derek Rivers they're very very similar players in, in size I think Derek Rivers maybe needs to add a little bit of weight, as does uh, Dietrich Wise, but we'll get to him later. What do you think of Derek Rivers? I think it was a great pick.
1: I I live in draft Twitter, and no one thought he was going to make it out of the first round in draft Twitter. Uh, This is someone who, and I actually kind of did, I had some guys either at his level or slightly higher, but still, at the end of the third round, to get a guy who was dominant at the Senior Bowl, who has elite physical measurables. Uh, His best physical comparison is Ryan Kerrigan on the Redskins. He's a great, great player. And I really think that they got a steal in Derek Rivers. They got a first-round value in the middle of round three. Mm -hmm. And that's something that happened in this draft class because all the quarterbacks drove everyone up, and then there was a lot of depth on the defensive line. And I think that they just took that opportunity and ran with it. And Derek Rivers is someone, to me, who I think year one – He can immediately contribute as a pass rusher, and I hope that they get him on the field as much as possible because that man is a talented, talented player. And if you look at how
0: they kind of want to project out this defense, let's say in two years, let's say, you know, obviously Allen Branch's contract will be up. Then you'll have Ninkovic's contract will be up. So their starting defensive line, obviously best-case scenario, will be Trey Flowers, Malcolm Brown, Vincent Valentine, And then Derek Rivers on the other DM position, he matches up incredibly well with the kind of guys they usually draft. I remember I saw that his athletic measurables, his number one comp, was
1: Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, actually, we talked about Dietrich Wise a second ago, and Chandler Jones is his number one physical comp Mm -hmm. if you look on mock draftable. So I think that that's sort of the role that Wise is going to be playing. Right. But 100% agreed. Rivers is someone who wins in bursts. He has really good hands. He's super quick off the line of scrimmage. And he's a really, really good player who the Patriots pretty much stole. There's a reason why all of the smart members of the draft media, Josh Norris, the Justice Piscaitas, all of those people who really put in the work and do their research, there's a reason why everyone was so high on Derek Rivers. He's a really, really good player. And I think that he's – I don't know if he's going to start necessarily, but at the very least he'll be a key rotational player on the line for his first two years.
0: And speaking of, uh, of Josh Norris, uh, again, uh, one, of, uh, one of my big guys, too. So I'm a huge fan of his. And when the Patriots took Antonio Garcia, I, I'm pretty sure he just tweeted, oh, my God, how did they get Antonio Garcia? This guy hasn't given up a sack, according to him at least. Since the beginning of his junior year, he said during his post-draft press conference that he doesn't remember the last time he gave up a sack. Now, whether you want to attribute that to him being really, really sick or him going to Troy is up to you, but clearly Dante Scarnacchi was like, I want this guy. This guy is insane. And he might just be their replacement for Solder in a couple of years.
1: I think he will be. And granted, this class wasn't the best in terms of offensive tackles, I had Antonio Garcia as my sixth-rated tackle, uh, squarely within my top 60 players in this class. And he's someone who has really good footwork. He's really athletic. He profiles very positively with Ricky Wagner, uh, who's the Ravens right tackle, or I think he was. I'm not even sure if he's on the Ravens anymore, but he profiles very similarly to some players who've done a really good job in the NFL, and he has really good feet. And he's someone who needs time because he isn't the most powerful blocker. Him or Connor McDermott, actually, they both are sort of cut from the same cord. But I definitely think that, given the Garcia selection, Solder's time with the Patriots is probably not going to extend too much longer. And he, he's someone who I always think has kind of been underrated. He's a good left tackle. He gives up some pressures and gives us some sacks. but he's solid. He's solid, and he's he, he does a good job. So yeah. it'll be sad to see him go. But I, Antonio Garcia has starter potential for sure.
0: Is The last time they've drafted a tackle, uh, the last couple times, they've kind of used that tackle while grooming him as a swing guy. They've obviously done it with Cameron Fleming the past couple of years. That was Marcus Cannon's entire career before they brought in Cameron Fleming. Is, is that Garcia? Does he step into that role? Because Cameron Fleming hasn't been that great as a swing guy this, uh, so far his past couple of years.
1: I think that it'll be really hard for him to make the team and not be in that role. Mm -hmm. But I also think he's less adept to it than Cameron Fleming or Marcus Cannon were. He's not a powerful run blocker, or at least not yet. And I would rather redshirt him this year and let him learn the position, learn the techniques, have Skronekia coach him up, than have him play too much as a third uh, offensive tackle. I think he could do that role for sure. Uh, Maybe he could do it about as well as a Cannon or a Fleming could, but run blocking is not his strength. So he, he definitely needs more time to adjust there.
0: So, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into uh, Dietrich Wise here. And the the one problem that I kind of have with him when I was watching over his tape, guy is crazy athletic, super long. He's all over the place. I think he needs an NFL weight room to, to put a little weight on just to get the strength up. But I'm a little worried about his pass rush in the NFL. I think he's going to be a pretty decent a uh, run-stopper. I'm think i I'm not saying he's Olivier Vernon, but Olivier Vernon is arguably the best run-stopping D-end in football, and I see a couple of flashes of that in Wise. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think he's a little bit more pass rusher? What do you think he projects to in the NFL?
1: The Patriots are very good at taking ends who may not have the best bend, but are able to manufacture pass rush and pressures with length. Chandler Jones is someone who had a really good 10-yard split, not the best three-cone, but he was able to make so many plays just by having his long arms and, and being able to really be dynamic at the line of scrimmage. I think Wise is cut from the same cloth. Ely, I think, also is cut from the same cloth, and Wise is someone who played the same position that Trey Flowers played at Arkansas. He's cut from the same cloth, I hate to say it again, but <laughs> uh, he really is similar to Flowers, and I think that he can learn from him. They know each other very well. And I just think it was a very natural fit. I mean, Dietrich Wise is someone who people have been on for a while, and I think it was down to him and Dewan Smoot, who went to the Jaguars in the third round. They wanted to get one of those flexible guys who could play a more stout, stand-up edge, but also kick inside. And Smoot went a little bit too early for them, uh, but Wise is someone who uh, was, is able to step in and, and I think really be a good player for them.
0: Is Rob Ninkovich going to make the team? Because three new DNs coming in, along with Trey Flowers, solidifying himself as probably the best pass rusher on the whole team. Does Nigovic make it as the fourth DN? Does he even make the team? I I, I, I have him as a, as a surprise cut
1: to start the year. It wouldn't shock me because Lawrence Guy is there too. Right. And he's a good player. I, I guess we'll see. I think that Ningovich ends up sneaking on, but... Uh it's definitely in the realm of possibility for him not to make it. So uh, this is a really deep team and that's part of the reason why I was fine with them not having as many picks this year. Agreed. There were not a lot of spots on this roster. This roster is really stacked. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best they've been since I would say 2008 in terms of filling all of the needs they have right. to fill.
0: And, and and you could argue in this draft the, the only two needs they really had going in well, the the three needs they had going into this is that they needed another rotational pass rusher they needed at least another backup tackle just just someone who can have a body and then they definitely needed a third tight end and before we get to Connor McDermott James O'Shaughnessy was kind of strange to me because you can take James O'Shaughnessy and take that trade or you can just draft Jake Butt I don't really I – guess, I guess James O'Shaughnessy, one of the great things about him is that he was a, a, probably the best – I don't know if you can say the best, but by statistics, he was the best special teams tight end in football. But Jake Butt, you can make an argument, if he was healthy, probably would have been, I don't know, the third best tight end in this class, maybe the fourth best tight end if you – it depends if you like Joku or Ingram over Butt. Why Shaughnessy? Why did they bring in this kind of random dude?
1: He plays a different position than Butt. Uh, He's more of that move tight end, the Dwayne Allen type. I actually thought that the Patriots would take a tight end this year. I had mocked Adam Shaheen to them for a while. He went way too early for them, but he's the kind of player I thought that they would really like to, to get a closer look at. But they decided that they were happy with Matt Langle, who, to be fair, we haven't really seen that much of. And he did catch a touchdown in the playoffs, which was kind of cool. I believe that was in the playoffs. Maybe it was end of the season. But either way, uh, they have Matt Langle, They want to give him a second chance. And O'Shaughnessy, as you said, he has a special teams value. He's a really dynamic player. And, yeah, I think that he's someone who they wanted to take a chance on. And they didn't see a fifth-round pick who they – thought would be able to make as much of an impact as him, so they decided to take the chance. I
0: thought it was so funny how leading up to the draft, all those weeks you had so many people mocking all of these University of Michigan guys to the Patriots. I saw Jake Butt, I saw Glasgow, I saw Jabril Peppers, I saw someone mock uh, Getty into them. <laughs> no Michigan players, not even close.
1: Yeah, none at all. Um Zero. Now, granted, maybe they'll end up going back to that, but it seems like the schools that the Patriots are really targeting right now are Arkansas, mm-hmm. and just generally like some of these more cut-throat, hard-nosed schools like Bo Pelini at Youngstown State. Uh, he has quite the program there, right. and they um, prioritized that when they were making a pick. It was specifically mentioned in Bellatrix press conference. So I, I think that while they're always looking to, to work angles and – they definitely aren't averse to go into any school to find talent. They still have their favorites. Right. One thing I want to keep an eye on is if they go back to the Ohio State, well, mm-hmm. because I don't know if Belichick has a relationship with Urban Meyer anymore. Because really? so,
0: yeah, obviously he did in Florida, what happened he in 2011, when, yeah,
1: when he was at Florida, but that sort of bit him in the butt. Yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah, so in, in, in I, more ways than I, one. Um, yeah, I don't know what their relationship is, but I don't know if you've noticed he hasn't taken a lot of Ohio State guys since then. Very true. Very true. So the last guy uh, that the Patriots obviously took was, I
0: don't know if there was a single player in college football whose draft stock dropped more from preseason to the end of the season than Connor McDermott. I remember seeing dozens of mock drafts preseason having Connor McDermott being one of the three or four uh, tackles being taken, maybe even in the first round. He was mocked to the Patriots in Todd McShay's preseason mock draft. And here he slides all the way to pick 211. What the heck happened to Connor McDermott?
1: He's just not very strong. <laughs> I mean, that that's really what it came down to. And honestly, if you had told me before the season that he was being mocked in the first round, I would have told you you were crazy because that UCLA offensive line perpetually is just so bad. I think that they are the worst run blocking team in the country this past year. Um, yeah, I, I, would not get behind round one, but round five, you have the traits. And something that was interesting, I was watching the Land Zerline analysis on NFL now for most of the draft, mm-hmm. and he really does not like the kind of offensive tackle that Connor McDermott is, who super athletic, but isn't that strong, compared to someone who's less athletic, but is really strong. And it, it just sort of shows you how styles really um, jump in terms of, I think we're seeing a, a new kind of tackle that teams like the Patriots are targeting someone who is really athletic rather than someone who's super strong and you know McDermott's the kind of player who wasn't well-rounded enough to go early in the draft but in round five you just take the athletic guy and hope it works
0: is is this a, a problem that he just needs like an NFL weight room like Wise does or is, is he just at his core at, as a human being just not strong
1: I think he needs a weight room. I also think there's a chance that Jim Moore is not a very good coach. That's fair. That, that's so, fair, fair. And, and that's something that gets kind of underrated. I think there's a chance that uh, Brian Kelly, for example, he had one good year where he won a lot of close games. But otherwise, what has he done? Right. I think there's a chance that some of these coaches, like a Brian Kelly, like a Jim Moore, the players – LSU. anyone in LSU's offense, the players leave these schools. They come to the NFL, and they just need training. <laughs> they just yeah. need someone to help them because they were not shown the way in college.
0: And you know the, the other thing about UCLA. I mean, you know, if, if the, the the one thing my dad said was if Connor McDermott was so good, you know, why did Josh Rosen get injured and have the worst season of his of his of his, literally of his football career all the way back to middle school?
1: Yeah, J- Josh Rosen is someone I need to watch more of, but the little I've watched of him, he hasn't been helped by his supporting cast, no. but I-, I think he's a little bit overhyped, but we'll I, see. I think
0: he's, he's a guy that if he is a good season last year, I think he could be kind of like a, a good Derek Carr pick. I'm like, not saying he's going to be Derek Carr, but someone you can pick and like, like Deshaun Kaiser this year. You know, he, he'd be a good early second round pick that you can throw in there, train up for a year, and see how he does, but I don't know if he's a day one start in the NFL anymore.
1: I mean, the one thing about this draft, though, is that other than Cleveland, who I think got very lucky and had some very fortunate circumstances, Mm -hmm. all three teams that took a quarterback in round one, like they had to move up to get them. Right. And they gave up a lot of assets to move up. So we live in that economy now where people have to go up and get what they want. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, everyone says – every year that next year's quarterback class is better. That's pretty much a perpetual saying. Right. I don't think next year's quarterback class is better than what we saw this year, Interesting, especially at the top. I mean, you have Pat Mahomes, who I actually didn't even have a super high grade on, but his upside, like he could, he has the highest upside of any quarterback in the class For to sure. me. And then uh, Deshaun Watson, I mean, national championship winner, someone who's really athletically talented, uh, you have Mitch Trubisky, who I don't even think was that bad of a prospect. He's in a bad situation, but I don't I like what I saw from him when I was watching tape and he has a good arm, he's mobile. He played on a really good team this year. Mm-hmm. And then you have Deshaun Kaiser, who I actually think might be the best of all the prospects. Mm-hmm. I added as my number one QB. All four of those guys to me are better than any of the guys who came out last year, and I have to watch more tape of the 2018 guys but from what I saw to date I think that they're all better than any of the guys next year too
0: agreed I, I I think I agree with that too it'd be interesting what they uh I think Josh Allen the kid from uh Wyoming right I that's the one guy who I think might kind of blow
1: up this year but we'll see the thing about him though is that he had a 56 percent completion percentage last year and he lost his running back like two of his top receivers and some of his better offensive linemen. Like, that was a talented Wyoming team. Brian Hill is a good player. Chase Roulier, the center, Mm -hmm. was a good player. The Patriots signed the tight end. And then the receiver, Tanner Gentry, was also someone who was attached to the Patriots. I think he signed somewhere, too. And there might have been some other players as well. But, I mean, this is Kyle Bowler bad. This is a guy who could barely hit 56% completion. Uh, and he had a lot of NFL talent on that team. Fair. So we'll see how he does this year, but I'm not buying the Josh Allen hype yet.
0: So we'll move on really quickly here, but uh, before we let you go, I want to get your, uh, your opinion on a couple of the uh, UDFAs the, uh, the Patriots brought in. Obviously, this is going to be one of their biggest classes ever. I'm pretty sure they brought in or have 21 open spots for undrafted free agents and veterans. They picked out a lot, including the two uh, fraternal twins, which I think is just awesome. But they finally brought in Harvey Lange, who apparently they would have taken to the first round last year, which is nuts. But who are a couple of uh, UDFAs that you think might actually have a chance to make this football team?
1: I have so many thoughts on this UDFA class. It's a great class. Nice. Like, this is a very interesting class of UDFAs. I'm with you on the twins. I think the fact that they're twins is amazing, and I hope they both make the team, even though I don't <laughs> think they will. Um, Lange, I mean, I would watch more tape of him as we got closer to the draft. He's someone who just he, – he's a missile. Uh, he plays really hard, and he reminds me a little bit of Jamie Collins. He's not as athletic as Collins, but he plays similarly. He can cover. He can blitz. I, he, I think he makes the team for sure. Uh, he seems like someone who is going to shine in practices. Uh, there are some really interesting guys here, like LeShun Daniels from Iowa. That position's deep, but he is not a bad running back at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the cornerback position, DJ Killings from Central Florida, he, he was given a pretty large bonus. Yeah, they gave him a lot. Uh, Josh Augusta from Missouri, uh, he's losing weight, but I'm shocked he didn't get drafted. It was said on uh, a couple of shows that he was going to definitely be drafted in like round five, so that was a steal. And then you got the uh, receiver, Austin Carr, and I believe Jordan Westercamp from Nebraska made the team as well. And, and those are two really, really good receiver prospects. Uh, they're both slot guys, but... They get open, they are really productive, and they're underrated. So I think that they're both good players too. And then, I mean, I can go on the line as well because Max Rich from Harvard, he's an athletic freak. So did, Didn't Austin Carr end up being uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. What Didn't he end up being Pro
0: Football Focus's, like, number one wide receiver in college football last year or something crazy?
1: I know he was the Big Ten wide receiver of yes. the year. How did and, that get drafted? because he didn't test that well. He ran like a four six, oh. And he's the kind of player who, and this is part of it also, like this Patriots class, and this is something that literally just interests me, but I love guys who have interests outside of football. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this Patriots UDFA class, like Adam Butler's, one of his, like, relatives is, like, a really, or was, I think, I don't, I don't think she's alive anymore, but she was, like, one of the key figures of, like, ch- child equality movements in the South during, like, the <laughs> early 20th century. And then you have, like, Austin Carr, who's a composer. Like, he's a musician. Wow. He went to school for music theory. A Corey Vereen from Tennessee, he's a computer science major. Um, I mean, it's just a really interesting group of people who are all like, it's just, it's how the Patriots think. Like, they get people who are interested in things other than football, which is sort of a turnoff for some teams, mm-hmm. and uh, somehow it works for them. So I, I think this is a great class. It wouldn't shock me if two or three of these guys make the team. But overall, I mean, they they really did clean up this year for me.
0: So last uh, last question before I let you go here, Ethan. Through all the undrafted free agents, uh, we're not going to talk. No, we're not going to include the uh, guys they traded for in this year. But the four draft picks and the undrafted free agents. Out of all of them, who do you think is going to end up actually having the longest career? Because if you go back and look at all the draft classes throughout times, it is always the weirdest people who have the longest careers, or just the highest drafted
1: sometimes. Longest career is a good way to put it. I would say that Dietrich Wise would be my answer. I think that he has the most sustainable game out of any of the the players the Patriots drafted. And, I mean, he he wins with athleticism, but he also has the strength to grow into that length as he gets older. And he's not necessarily – he's going to lose a step maybe, but he'll still be able to find that savvy to to be able to hold an anchor and be able to contribute to a team, whereas Derek Rivers is predicated more on explosiveness. So I I would say Dietrich-wise would have the longest career. But I think overall – this is a great draft class. They did a really good job. Wonderful. Well, Ethan,
0: thank you so much for joining us. I already kept you a little for a little bit longer than I said, but uh you just you just kept giving us so much good stuff we couldn't let you go.
1: It's a running theme. I always run along with my spots, but <laughs> hey, totally uh, fine thank you us. so much. It was great to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Ethan. All right.
0: All right, team, that's going to do it for this week's page to Be podcast. Please remember to give us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. We'll be back with you guys this weekend to give you a little bit more updates on the team as a whole, and maybe we'll do an entire roster update while we're at it. But that's going to do it for me. Remember, you can find me at CLNS underscore sports team. I'd love to uh, talk to you guys a little bit more on Twitter. Keep sending me puppy photos if you have them. And as always, enjoy your weeks, and we'll see you guys on Friday.